All right, welcome to the Steeler Country Podcast. I am Tony Serino, and this is episode number two of this new iteration of the show. It's been a little while. It's been about a month since I did the last episode of this show, the, well, the first episode of this show, uh, this new iteration. And that episode was with my friend Chris Carter. He and I talked about Ben Roethlisberger, his future with the team, and how the Steelers could work out a contract negotiation with him, and, and whether or not they should even want Ben Roethlisberger back. Now we have clarity on that situation. We we, we have some, you know, we, we now know he's coming back. We, we know what the number is going to be. They, they did rework that deal. And so we can talk about that today. We'll also talk about whether or not it's a good deal for the Steelers, should they have brought back Ben Roethlisberger. And then we'll pivot into a talk about the salary cap in general. And with free agency starting in the next week or so, we should talk about that and where the Steelers are, are likely headed when it comes to free agency. But let's start with that Ben Roethlisberger deal. It's a big deal for the Steelers, right? The Steelers cap situation coming into this offseason was, was not a good one. They were going to be $25-ish million over the cap when the when this started, right? When the, when the season ended in 2020, we went into 2021. So they had, they had plenty of clap space to clear off, right? But it's not unique to the Pittsburgh Steelers, right? Let's talk about how they got here. Because how they got here is a pretty is pretty simple. Global pandemic is how they got here. You know, COVID-19 is how they got here. The NFL went from selling 17 million tickets in 2019 to selling just, just a little over 1 million tickets in 2020. That, that, that with the just the attendance numbers alone, dropped... The, the income to the NFL, where the, the salary cap has gone from around $200 million in 2019, or excuse me, in 2020, to in, in 2021, that number will drop to $180-ish million, right around there. We don't have an exact number yet from the National Football League. They still do not know what the actual salary cap will be, but that's, you know, we're, we're thinking it's going to be in the range of $180 million. So it's going to be a drop of 10% in, in, in available cap space around the National Football League. And that's going to have reverberations, not just for the Pittsburgh Steelers and what they can do with their roster, but you know all the way around the league. Look at what's happening right now to the Las Vegas Raiders, who are having to decimate their roster, a roster that they just started putting together. Right? Remember, they, they've got Mike Mayock as their general manager. He's been there for a couple years now. John Gruden, been there for, what, three, four years now. Right? They're just starting to get into building this roster out to, to the roster that they, they want it to be. And what's happening now because of this pandemic, because of because of COVID, they're having to cut players they just signed two years ago. They had this huge free agent haul two years ago. Trent Brown, the great left tackle, right? They got LaMarcus Joyner. They got Tyrell Williams, the wide receiver. And this was supposed to be their big haul that they were going to start, uh, they were going to start and, and overhaul this roster. And instead, now here we are in 2021, all three of those players are no longer with the team. Tyrell Williams, cut outright. LaMarcus Joyner, cut outright, and Trent Brown traded for a late-round pick swap with the New England Patriots. All of that to clear cap space in 2021. And that's what's going to happen around the league. When we start seeing the Saints, who are who are $50 million over the salary cap, having to make their moves, we're going to see these similar things. The Eagles are going to have similar problems. The great thing for the Steelers so far this offseason is that they've been able to clear off this $25 million and not have to really cut anyone. Now, they were helped by the fact that Marquise Pouncey retired. They were helped by the fact that Vince Vance McDonald retired. Absolutely. And they also did the same things that they always do, which is restructure deals and push deals into future, or push money into future years. They did that with Cam Hayward so far. They will likely still do that with Stephon Tewitt as we go. But the Steelers were able to clear 
enough cap space to now be cap compliant. Here we are, you know, just about a week before the start of free agency, and they are cap compliant. They are $3 million under the salary cap. And the way they got there was by restructuring the contract of Ben Roethlisberger. So last time, I talked to Chris about whether or not the Steelers should want him back and, and what that deal should look like. And I think ultimately, if we're looking at the deal that they signed for Ben and, and the number that they got it to, his cap number for the 2021 season will likely be around $26 million. It was going to be $41 million. He, ben Roethlisberger was scheduled to have the biggest cap hit of any quarterback in the National Football League for the 2021 season. He will now have right around the 11th most expensive cap hit for quarterbacks in the National Football League. That is more than fair. Right? And, and again, the, the Steelers were working with a situation where there was about $22 million of that. They just couldn't touch, right? $22 million of his 2021 salary was in prorated bonus, which cannot be spread out amongst future years. So what the Steelers did was they, they got Ben's $41 million number. They got it down to 25 by adding four what are called void years in the deal. Basically, this is the idea that you can spread this prorated bonus. Uh, you, you can turn money into a prorated bonus and spread it out through years, even though you really have no intention of paying that player in that season. And that money will eventually hit your salary cap in those future years, right? So if the if the contract voids out after the 2021 season, the Steelers will have a dead money cap charge of $10.3 million in 2022, right? So you're basically spreading out that number. But what, what also happened here is that Ben Roethlisberger took a $5 million pay cut. So if you look at the, the total cap hit now of Ben Roethlisberger's deal, it's $26 million this season, $10 million next season, adding up to $36 million, which means Ben Roethlisberger actually took a $5 million pay cut for this season, which is great. Again, that's, that's money that's going to help this team both this season and in future years. And it gets the Steelers to a situation where the, the, the money that they're spending on Ben Roethlisberger this season is in effect right around $4 million. Because, they, again, there was about $22 million that they just couldn't touch. Even if they had cut Ben Roethlisberger this season, they could, they still would have had a cap charge of $22 million for Ben Roethlisberger. They have a cap charge now with him on the roster of $26 million. Meaning that, in effect, having Ben Roethlisberger on the roster is really only costing the Steelers $4 million for the 2021 season. Right, that's the that's the, what the Steelers are, are are being charged for actually keeping him versus cutting him. Because we have this discussion about whether or not the Steelers should just hey cut him loose. There's no reason to bring Ben back. He's he's 39 years old now. He didn't play well at the end of last season. There's no reason to bring him back. Move on. You got Dwayne Haskins. You got Mason Rudolph. You could potentially draft a player or sign a player in free agency to come in and compete with those guys. And let's move on. But the the question I have there is when, now that we know that it's really only costing the Steelers $4 million, do you really want to save that $4 million but create this new problem for yourself at quarterback? What quarterback are you going to bring in for $4 million that's going to, that you are guaranteeing is going to play better than Ben Roethlisberger this year? I don't know that there is one right now. And there's the Jameis Winstons of the world. There's the Ryan Fitzpatricks of the world. And, we, and certainly if you look at just the way that Ben Roethlisberger played down the stretch, just those last four or five games, certainly there's an argument to be made that he was you know, among the worst quarterbacks in the league and not among the best. But you would have to then ignore the 11 or 12 games that came prior to that. That's, and for me, you know, I, I have to take the good with the bad, and I have to understand that some of what happened with Ben Roethlisberger late in the year 
was because of the fact that the offense basically was a completely one-sided affair. It was a passing game only. They were not able to run the football. And you have to assume that in 2021, that is going to be a big part of trying to fix this thing, is fixing the running game. And if they can fix the running game, well, then you are less exposed to Ben Roethlisberger, and hopefully Matt Canada can accentuate some of the positives of Ben Roethlisberger and hide some of those negatives that we saw at the end of last season. So I, I, I'm, on, I'm of the mindset of this. I don't, I don't want to cut Ben Roethlisberger. I never wanted to cut Ben Roethlisberger because it creates this problem for yourself that you don't need to, you don't need to make. You don't need to create a problem for yourself at quarterback when, when you look at the roster right now, there are plenty of other problems that this team has to address. Right? They have to address a problem at running back where they don't really have a starter right now. They have to address a problem at center. They don't really have a center right now, and they have depth issues all around the roster. And oh, by the way, nickel corner is a problem for them because both Cam Sutton and Mike Hilton are both free agents right now. So I don't want to create a problem at quarterback and you know, and then still and have to address that in addition to all the other problems that I have with this roster right now. Now you might say to yourself, hey Tony, I don't want to, I'm not going to create a problem for myself at quarterback. I'm just going to cut Ben Roethlisberger and I'm going to start Mason or I'm going to start Dwayne Haskins or I'm going to start whoever I draft as a rookie. And the problem I have with the rookie, though, is that, again, you are you, you have still created the problem because now you are taking a quarterback in this draft when you may be able to wait a year to get that quarterback uh, in the 2022 draft if you play Ben Roethlisberger for this season. But I get the point of, hey, just play Mason for a year, right? He didn't look that bad at the end of last season. I'll give him a, I'll give Mason a ton of credit for what he did against the Browns because I expected him to be to just be atrociously bad as, as we had seen him be in, in games past especially considering that the Browns were playing for their playoff life and the Steelers were playing for nothing, right? They were resting starters in that game. And and you have Mason Rudolph coming in. I expected Mason was, and, you know, considering the fact that the Steelers still had no running game, right? And they still just weren't able to run the football. And so you got Mason Rudolph and he's the only way they're going to be able to move the ball. And you expect this guy going to go out there and play well? No way. So I'll give him a ton of credit for what he did in that game. Absolutely blew me away with his performance. And I think what, what he did is he elevated himself, in my mind, to being a solid backup in this league, absolutely. You know, can he be a starter? I'm not so sure just yet, but I think he can be a solid backup, absolutely. But here's the problem with starting Mason Rudolph in the 2021 season, is now we're imagining a season where the Steelers are basically giving up, right? Do they do they have a better chance of winning a Super Bowl in 2021 with Ben Roethlisberger or Mason Rudolph? I would say Ben Roethlisberger, right? Ben Roethlisberger is going to give them a better chance, even if it's still, even if it's slim, even if we're saying that, hey, the chances of... of Ben Roethlisberger winning a Super Bowl is 5%, and the chances of Mason Rudolph winning a Super Bowl is 1%, right? And meaning that neither are likely to happen. It's still significantly higher for Ben Roethlisberger. And the Steelers are a football team that are not going to play to tank, right? This is not a team that's going to go out there and try to tank away a season to get a high draft pick to get their quarterback of the future. And, and to, you know, to see that in, in action, just look back to two years ago when Ben was hurt for the year, when he had the elbow surgery. They, the Steelers didn't tank. In fact, they traded away what could have been a top five pick. What we all expected was going to be a top five pick. Because that team seemed like at 0-3, they were headed for 4-12 or 5-11, or at best 6-10. And, and what did they do with that draft pick? They immediately traded it away from Minka Fitzpatrick. Ended up being an unbelievably good trade. But at the time, of course, many Steelers fans were thinking, what are you doing? You are potentially trading away the future franchise quarterback that you could have drafted and instead, getting a safety? That's crazy. But it ends up being a great trade. Why? Because the Steelers, the Steelers were not trying to tank that year. They were playing all out to win. And they and they quite nearly 
made the playoffs. I mean, they were 8-8 eight and eight that season. And considering that the year prior, with Ben and with AB, they were 9-6-1. and one, it was a, I mean, it was, a, it was a miracle season. But they reshaped their defense that year with Minka Fitzpatrick and what he brought to that defense. They reshaped this defense to the team we know today, which is much better defensively than it is offensively. And so I think if we're projecting into 2021, let's remember that this team is always going to play to win. They're always going to try and go out there and feel the best team to win a Super Bowl. And that played into why they wanted to bring Ben Roethlisberger back. That's who this franchise is. So while while we may say, just, just as these kind of armchair general managers, hey, the best thing for you to do as a franchise is to bottom out right now because you're in a division with a rising Baker Mayfield, a rising Lamar Jackson, and you look at Joe Burrow and what that Bengals team could do, right? And while they may not be a great team in 2021, they're certainly going to be formidable at some point, right? And you've got all that going for you and you're going to cling to a 39-year-old quarterback? Let it go. Move on. That's not just that's while, while that may be the smartest thing to do as a 20,000 foot view from a, from the armchair general manager that we're doing right now sitting in our you know in our uh, in our homes in Pittsburgh that's not where the Steelers are looking at this they're looking at this and saying how can I best feel the team to win a Super Bowl and Ben Roethlisberger I think right now is their best option to do that so they got the deal done he comes in for 26 million dollars it leaves the Steelers right now with about three million dollars in available cap space. Not enough to really go out and make big splashes in free agency. There's still going to have to be some deals done. And here are the deals I expect you'll see get done over the next week or so so the Steelers can make, if they are going to make, you know, a, a, not a splash, but a ripple <laughs> in free agency, here's the, what they're going to have to do first. I think the number one thing they're going to have to do is they're going to have to restructure Stephon Tewitt's deal. The same that they did for, for Cam Hayward. What they'll do is they'll take his base salary, they will move it into a prorated bonus and spread that throughout the remaining deal years of the deal. That should clear up about three or four million dollars in available cap space. That'll get the Steelers to about seven million dollars in cap space, and that will give them the ability to sign one or two free agents. But remember, they do also have to sign that draft class, which again, when we can, you know, when you're considering the idea that they that the uh, a lot of the draft class is going to be brought in for what are minimum salary deals. And so you're going to have the displacement happen. They really only need about one, one and a half million dollars in available cap space for that. But there are some other deals that they can get done. I think Steven Nelson is due for a an extension, and that will happen. Joe Hayden's in the last year of his deal. Mike Hilton is a free agent. Cam Sutton is a free agent. So you cannot you cannot let Steven Nelson walk after this season. You just can't let it happen. So the Steelers are likely going to get that deal done in the next week or so. And they have to get that deal done because they have to open up that cap space. And they, they just can't let him walk going into 2022, right? The cornerback room right now would be decimated as we as we look one year in the future. So they'll keep Cam, they'll, they'll keep Steven Nelson. And hopefully, they'll be able to structure that, that deal in such a way that it opens up some cap space this season. He's got an $8 million, uh, he's got an $8 million salary this season. You would hopefully move that to future years to keep the cap number low this season. I hope the Steelers could open up maybe half of that number. So you, you think a, a Steven Nelson restructure could hopefully open up, let's say, three or four million dollars in cap space. I think you do the same thing with David DeCastro. His deal should be a little easier. He's a little older, right? Let the maybe nearing the end of his great career. You hope to open up he's got about eight point seven million dollars in base salary this season. You hope to open up maybe half of that again. Talk about another three three, four million dollars. So you're thinking about you know, these three, four million dollars a couple different ways. Okay, now we've gone, we got 12, let's say we got 12 million dollars out of those three deals. The Tuit restructure, the Steven Nelson extension, and 
the David DeCastro extension. Now you're talking about a team that went from $3 million in cap space to $15 million in cap space. Now we're talking about a team that can actually go out there and make some moves. So the question is, what moves can this Steeler team realistically make, given that they're only going to have $15 million in cap space? And by the way, $15 million is not that bad, right? They could clear up a little more. The Steelers went into last season with right around $20 million in available cap space, and they made some deals, right? They, they got Eric Ebron on a $6 million a year deal. They got Derek Watt. Uh, they got Steven Wisniewski, right? They, they made the, the kind of free agent signings that we always see the Steelers make, which is, you know, a little here, a little there, but nothing that's really going to break the bank, nothing that's going to light the world on fire. Certainly, the Steelers' free agent signings are not going to lead Sports Center or NFL Total Access. It's not, we're not going to see them on the front page of, of ESPN or anything like that. These are going to be value deals in free agency. So when I look at what deals the Steelers can get done this, this offseason, in this free agency, I think the most realistic deals are not necessarily with free agents from the class, right, from from the from other teams. I think there are likely to be re-signings from within the organization. Because one of the big problems with this team right now is that this is a class of of players leaving the organization. That is it's pretty, you know, this is a large group, and it's a pretty talented group that will be exiting the organization from this team. You've got Bud Dupree, first of all, right, Bud Dupree on a franchise tag, last season towards ACL late in the year there's questions about whether or not he'll be ready for opening day and there's also questions about what what really is is he expecting in the open market a lot of people are saying that the smartest thing for Bud Dupree to do would be to take a short-term one-year deal a prove-it deal and then re-enter the market in 2022 when we expect after having you know fans back in the stands this fall hopefully fingers crossed (laughs) hopefully that happens then Bud Dupree can re-enter in 2022 and the salary cap will, you know, explode with the new TV deals and the attendance back to where it should be. And then he can really cash in. The problem with that for the Steelers is that a one-year deal at $10 million, you're not hiding any of that cap space, right? You're not going to have, a, 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 you know, in a long-term deal, you can bloat future years of the deal to make the deal sound better, but the early cap hits for you are, are very, very low. Can't do that in a one-year deal, right? You got you got to eat the entire cap hit on a one-year deal. And so, if Bud Dupree does want a one-year, ten million dollar deal, it's going to be tough for the Steelers to do. Right? When we're talking about a team that's going to have fifteen million dollars in in potential cap space, and there's other ways that they can clear more. But you know, again, this we're talking about you know ten million dollars to one player for one year, maybe not the best way for the Steelers to go. So, this, so if Bud Dupree does want that one-year deal, he may be a lost cause. And if he is going to get a longer-term deal, then I think he's going to get a deal that's in the range closer to where he wants, which is going to be in closer to $20 million, right? Closer to 15 or 20 And once again, I think that's going to be too rich for the Steelers. So I expect Bud Dupree will walk. Alejandro Villanueva at left tackle. Look, we, we don't even have to speculate on this one. According to Zach Banner, the Steelers' starting right tackle on opening day who tore his ACL, he was told by Mike Tomlin in his exit interview you are my answer at left tackle. So I think we can expect if Zach Banner is the answer, then Alejandro Villanueva is not, and they will likely let Villanueva walk in free agency. You got Avery Wilson or Avery Williamson from the Jets. He's an interesting one because you can bring him back on a very cheap deal. One one thing I could see the Steelers doing with with Williamson is we talk about the Steelers needing to clear more cap space. Well, I could see them cutting Vince Williams to make that happen, right? Vince Williams cutting Vince Williams would get the Steelers. Uh, an extra $4 million. And if you can get Williamson on a very cheap deal, let's say, you know, $1 million, $1 or $2 million, and you're still clearing that space while not losing talent at the position, right? You are going to lose. I think the drop-off between Williams and Williamson is big, but 
you are saving some cap space to do it. Next player here is Mike Hilton. Hilton's an interesting one. Nickel corners are just not getting paid right now in the open market. If you look at what PFF and, and uh, places like that are projecting for even guys like Desmond King, looking like around $4 million a year. The Steelers can make that work, right? If, if the market for Mike Hilton is not closer to $10 million a year, but it's closer to five or even under that, the Steelers can make that work. That they could definitely do, especially considering the amount of cap space they can make available to themselves. So Hilton's one to watch for. Now, if you've seen his tweets in recent days, he's kind of counting down to the market opening. He seems to think he is going to cash in. And when I look at his skill set, I don't blame him because he, he is certainly one of the best nickel corners in the game right now. Not only what he brings as a, as a cover corner, but his ability, his physicality near the line of scrimmage, run defense, his ability to blitz, he can do it all, and you know, in his size does not play a factor in a lot of that. He may end up getting paid. He's one to watch for, but I, I have a feeling he will get the big deal he desires. Matt Filer's another free agent for the Steelers. He was a, uh, the starting left guard for them. Filer's an interesting case. Filer can play guard or tackle, so he provides that position flexibility we know Mike Tomlin and the Steelers love. But Kevin Dotson looked very good at guard as a rookie. And you have to expect a year one to two growth from him means that Filer may not have a starting position at guard. He, could he go back to right tackle where he could compete with Okorafor? Sure, he could do that. But, you know, will he likely want to see greener pasture as a place where, he, you know, he has a better chance to actually start considering that if he comes back to the Steelers, he will have to compete with either Dotson, who I think would be the incumbent at this point at guard, or compete with Okorafor at right tackle. I think he may want to leave and just try to get a, a more advantageous situation for him. So we'll see what happens with Filer. Certainly, I don't think Filer is going to get mega paid this offseason. But even, remember, the Steelers saw a guy like B.J. Finney leave a season ago for not a ton of money. But again, it was just too rich for the Steelers, even the little bit of money that B.J. Finney got paid by the Seattle Seahawks. Tyson Alualu, the nose tackle for the Steelers, bit older now, over 30 years old, likely to be a one- or two-year deal. But I think the Steelers can get a more team-friendly deal here. Alu Alu, I expect back with the Steelers just because the Steelers do not have depth right now. It's one of the big problems with the defense is I think they rely so heavily on Stephon Tewitt and Cam Hayward. And those are guys who just can't play, you know, 80, 90% of snaps and be effective late in the season. They're going to need more rotation there. And so, you know, in an offseason where I think they do want to add some rotation there, given the fact that, you know, guys like Chris Wormley and Isaiah Bugs and, uh, and Carlos Davis didn't play up to the level that they were expected to, you can't. You know, there's no subtraction here that you, you can have. So you got to add Alu Alu back into that room. I expect him to be back. Zach Banner is a player I definitely expect back in the organization. As Mike Tomlin said, if he's you know if he's the answer, then he's only the answer if he's in the building. So I expect him to be back with this team. And then there's Juju Smith-Schuster. Then there's Juju. If you heard me on Locked On Steelers the other day, I said it's a stone cold lock. He's back. And I do look. Obviously, I was I was being funny in that in that segment with Chris, the conspiracy theory segment. But I do think there's some truth to what I said there, which is the idea that Ben took a pay cut here, I think for a particular reason, right? He wants, look, Ben likes his guys. We know this about Ben Roethlisberger. There's there's no doubting that Ben Roethlisberger has certain guys in that locker room that he prefers to play with. And Juju is one of those guys. He has been, Ben has been extremely vocal about his love for Ben, or for his love for Juju and his wanting Juju back on this team. So, could part of Ben's negotiation Ben to say, hey, you know, I'm giving you this money, but you guys got to bring Juju back. Obviously, the Steelers can't guarantee anything. 
Because they, they can't go out and compete in a market. If Juju is going to get paid $16, $17 million a, deal, a, a year in that deal, there's no way the Steelers can bring him back. No amount of Ben taking a pay cut was going to make that work. But but I, I could see a case where, as Chris, Chris Carter said on, on the show, maybe he takes a one-year type deal. And again, this would be that kind of one-year $10 million deal. But maybe he does take that. Maybe the Steelers, oof, if they could try to figure that out, it'd be tough, certainly, to do that and start to bring back some other players. But I think the other way to do it is you do a longer-term deal. You do a three- or four-year deal. But you do it, as I said on Locked On Steelers, in a way where it is not so much in prorated bonus, but in roster bonus later on in the in the deal. So that the cap hit for year one can stay very, very low while still giving Juju the kind of security with guaranteed roster bonuses later on in the contract. And you, when you consider the fact the Steelers' available cap space in 2022 and 2023 is very high. The Steelers have $160 million in projected cap space for 2022 and $211 million in available cap space in 2023. I think the Steelers you know, certainly could, could push some of that money to future years. Right now, I would say it's, for in my eyes, I know I said it's a stone-cold lock. Don't tell Chris I said this. I think it's probably like 60-40 that Juju stays. I, I do think it's more likely to me at this point that Juju stays. When you consider some of the stuff that's happening in social media, right? the idea that as soon as Ben's contract got signed, Juju said, let's talk. Right? He was excited about that. I want to be back. The fact that his mom said it's fake news that he won't accept a team-friendly deal. Could he take – look, obviously he's not going to take a deal that, that, will, that will ultimately hurt him long-term. I think the one-year $10 million deal – May, you know, again, may just hurt him too too much long term in his career. Because if again, if he were to get hurt or anything like that, I mean, you know, he's just he's just throwing away money if other teams are offering him sixteen million dollars a year. But could he take a, a deal with the Steelers that averages out to about fourteen, fifteen million dollars a year, but that money is in future years, right? That it averages out to future years. Maybe he can make that work. And maybe the Steelers can make that work. So again, I have that at about 60-40. Then I go to Cam Sutton. Cam Sutton. This is the one I think the Steelers are. Mo- I, I think I think if the Steelers have any player that I think is is guaranteed to come back, well, first of all, it's Zach Banner. But number two on that list is Cam Sutton. I think Cam Sutton provides everything the Steelers want out of a defensive back. The fact that he can play basically every position. We've seen him play outside corner at a high level. We've seen him play nickel corner. We've seen him play in the dime. He can play safety if they need him to. He can play basically play any position there in the secondary. Will they have to overpay for him? I, I'm not so sure. Again, I don't know that the nickel corner market is going to be as as high as people think it will be. But Cam Sutton may be able to, to make a deal with, with another team that, that gets him paid higher than what a, a traditional nickel corner would get paid because of the fact that he is so versatile. So if the Steelers can get Cam Sutton, and again, it's going to have to be under $10 million a year, but if they can get him you know, five, six, seven million dollars a year. I don't know that it's even overpaying for a guy who's that versatile. And again, the Steelers have a cornerback situation right now where Joe Hayden is likely to be gone after this season. That's going to open up a spot at outside corner. Could Cam Sutton be that guy? And then that that still opens up a spot at nickel, right? Where they are going to have to answer that question. But right now, the only thing behind Joe Hayden and Steven Nelson the Steelers have on this roster right now is an unproven Justin Lane who, at the end of the year, couldn't even get a hat against the Browns, right? Didn't even, wasn't even on the active roster. It was James Pierre, the uh, the undrafted player who was who was, who was was playing special teams and, and potentially a reserve corner on that team. So not a great position for, James, uh, for uh, Justin Lane, excuse me, uh, at the end of that season. So 
I think Cam Sutton is, if I'm ranking these right now, I think right now, I think it's most likely that Zach Banner is back. Then Cam Sutton, you know, obviously Tyson Alualu is in there at some point, right in between those guys potentially. I think then I would probably put, ooh, I think then I would probably put, uh, I would probably put Juju next after that and then Mike Hilton. So yeah, we'll see. We'll see where this goes, but I, I think for uh, for this for free agency, I think what you got to be focused on is the the Steelers retaining their current players. The Steelers going out in the market and signing some guys. Will they do that? Yes, but let's let's not forget. I mean, you know, and let's not fool ourselves as Steeler fans. The Steelers don't go out and spend big money. If you are looking at if you are going to overthecap.com or whatever website you use to track this stuff, you're going to their free agency tracker, right? And you're looking at these big name players at positions of need for the Steelers. Right, if you are trying to convince yourself that the Steelers are going to go out this year and get an Aaron Jones at running back, right, or they're going to go to center and they're going to, oh yeah, we're going to get Corey Lindsley. No, they're not. And just no, no, they're not. Number one, the cap space thing is a problem. But even if it wasn't a problem, the Steelers don't make these kind of moves. Let's remember, let's remember that the that the, the biggest contract the Steelers ever gave out in this period, right, it, it, at the start of free agency, in this March to April period. Was, was two years ago to Steven Nelson at an average per year of $8.5 million. That's the biggest deal they've ever given out. So we talk about Corey Lindsley. Corey Lindsley made $8.5 million a year on his last deal. He was an all-pro. He's not taking a pay cut, okay? This is a guy who's going to make $10, $11, 12000000 million a year on the open market, even at 30 years of age. They're not getting Corey Lindsley. In fact, I would argue that even if you look at some other some other players here at, at center, right? Austin Blythe, the Rams, the Rams center. Now he was making four million dollars on his last on his last deal. But if you talk to people around the Rams, they will tell you, no, Blythe was so good, we don't even think the Rams can bring him back. He's gonna go out in the open market and make closer to that $10 million a year range. And what the Steelers are doing in free agency is trying to find value deals. That's what they always do. It just so happens that even their biggest deal they ever gave out, that Steven Nelson deal, $8.5 million, well, Steven Nelson's playing like a corner who's much better than that. I mean, Steven Nelson has been, you know, a revelation at corner. This is a guy who on Kansas City was just a guy on, on Pittsburgh. He's been one of the best cornerbacks this team has had in the last, I mean, how many years do you want to go back? 20 years? 20 years? What are the best cornerbacks he have had in the last 20 years? Ike Taylor, Joe Hayden, Steven Nelson. That's the list. I mean, am I missing someone? SteelerCountry at gmail.com if I'm missing someone. I don't think I am. I think I think those are the best three corners the Steelers have had in the last 20 years. So do they overpay $8.5 million? Eh, I don't think they did, right? But they, but again, you want to find the value at the position. And if, and if an Austin Blythe, who again, I don't even know that he's one of the best centers in the game, but he's going to get overpaid in the market. You want to find value. You want to find value in the market. And that's what the Steelers are always looking for. So if I'm looking at the center position, right, what are some players that I can realistically see the Steelers signing for value? Whew, it's tough. It's not names you're going to want to hear, right? Tyler Shatley from the Jaguars, who is making close to league minimum. Could they sign him on a league minimum deal? Matt Skura from the Ravens, who Ravens fans despise. And I'm sure Steelers fans would not be excited to bring in. But he's a veteran player, has experience on a good run-heavy line. Yeah, he's got some. he's got certainly got some issues, <laughs> no doubt about it. But you can get him on a value deal. Those are guys who I think are much more likely. And when I look at the running back position, if the Steelers are going to go out in free agency and sign a, a running back, maybe Malcolm Brown 
<laughs> maybe, maybe, maybe playoff Lenny. Uh, you know, and again, playoff Lenny's not someone that I like. If you heard me on ASC North Talk, I'm not a big fan of playoff Lenny. I think Leonard Fournette is very overrated as a player. He happened to have a great postseason, but if you look back at his regular season, not good, not good. And all the things that get said about Leonard Fournette about how, oh well, you know, if he ever played in a system that accentuated his strengths, he would be great. <laughs> again, he was on a team with Tom Brady and Mike Evans and Chris Godwin and Rob Gronkowski and yada yada yada, and a great offensive line, and he averaged under four yards to carry again. Again, so yeah, I don't I don't know that there are a ton of players out there in free agency that you know the big names certainly are not the guys the Steelers are going to go out and get. They're they're going to get the value players at certain positions, and the focus here is going to have to be on the NFL draft. That's where the Steelers make their money. That's where the Steelers find their value. And the Steelers, by the way, if we look back just even at last season's draft. What an incredible draft class that was. Chase Claypool in the second round, Alex Highsmith in the third round, Kevin Dotson in the fourth round. All three of those players now are projected to be not penciled in, but you can write it down in permanent ink. Those guys will be starting players in the National Football League for the Pittsburgh Steelers in 2021. And oh, by the way, we've, we've talked about those three players, the second, third, and fourth round picks. We haven't even mentioned the fact that their first round pick was Minka Fitzpatrick. One of the best safeties in the National Football League. Then you look at what the Steelers did just last season in the in the NFL draft, and it was a spectacular class that should set this team up in future years to not have this precipitous fall off that everyone's predicting for this team. They've got a solid core, a solid roster. They just have to continue to build around it. But again, where this team is going to find talent this offseason is not necessarily in free agency. It may be in keeping their own players, but when we're talking about adding new talent to this roster, that's going to come in the form of the NFL draft. So let's not get too hyped up about free agency. Let's understand who the Steelers are. This is a team that in the last four years has spent the least amount of money of any team in free agency. <laughs> no team has spent less money than the Steelers in free agency, but it, it hasn't stopped them from being competitive. Haven't had a losing season. In fact, even when Ben went down, they were still able to scrounge together an 8-8 eight eight record. So, that's what, so that, that, that is it here for today. That, that's my talk basically on free agency and where the Steelers are right now. Again, I don't expect the Steelers to make big moves, and you shouldn't either. I will be surprised if they do. I'll be surprised, by the way, if they even do a deal on the level of like an Eric Ebron from $6 million a year. I'll be even surprised if they're able to pull that off. And by that, I mean for a new player coming into the roster. Obviously, a guy like Cam Sutton may get a $6 million a year deal. Mike Hilton, potentially. Those guys, they may bring back bring back on those deals. But but actually, in the market, not so sure that, that we're going to get even a Eric Ebron level signing this offseason. But they have, you know, the, the Steelers have a, a draft class coming up that they're going to need to hit on because there are there are certainly positions on this roster that we know the Steelers have to fill. The Steelers do not have a running back right now that I believe could be a day one starter. They have to find that guy, and it's likely going to have to be in the NFL draft. They don't have a center right now, even though they did just resign JC Hassenauer. I don't think they have a center right now that they really trust to be that guy. So a couple positions they do have to address. They could address in free agency, uh, but I think more likely they will address those in the NFL draft. And that's what we'll talk about next week. We'll start our draft previews next week. Of course, free agency will have started, so we'll certainly hit on any of the big news coming out of free agency. But thank you all for listening. And if you're watching this on YouTube, thank you as well. Uh, I'm going to, look, I'm going to try and keep doing this weekly. You know, we're going to do this audio only, right? I think that the big problem for me is that 
doing a video podcast is just too much editing, too much work to do to edit the video, encode it, all of that. I mean, the whole process of doing a video is something that I had never done before I started this. And let me tell you something, it's a, it's a lot more time consuming than just doing an audio version. Uh, so we're going to keep this an audio version. You will be able to, to listen to it on YouTube, but then we'll supplement this with some video content as well. So if you're subscribed to this in an audio version, first of all, thank you. Uh, but make sure you also head over to YouTube, subscribe there, Steeler Country with Tony Serino. We're going to supplement this podcast with a uh, with video versions. And if you're and if you're listening to this on YouTube, well, then the reverse is true. Thank you for being subscribed on YouTube. And you can also find this as an audio podcast wherever you find podcasts. Just search Steeler Country uh, and you will find this podcast. Thank you all for listening or watching, and I'll be back next week with more Steeler Country.